Welcome to the Start Over Coder podcast. I am the Start Over Coder, and I'm taking you along on my quest, taking up a new career as a professional developer and pursuing financial independence. So one of the goals I talked about in episode 50 for the first three months of the new year is to get an understanding of working with relational databases. And last week I finished an intro course on MySQL, so today I will be sharing a bit of an introduction. What are relational databases? Why would you use them? How do you use them? And how can you learn and practice if you are new to the subject? So first of all, what is a relational database and why would you use it? So a database is where you store data. That may be able to go without saying, but let's just start at the beginning. So that data could be anything from your blog posts, if it's a blog, if it's a web store, it's your products and pricing information, all of the information about that, any kind of social network, it's the people, their relationships, their friends, their posts, everything. So all of that is data and all of those data are stored in a database. So when it's a relational database, that just means it's the method of how you store data. So individual pieces of information are stored in tables in a relational database. And to connect the information and to kind of have it be more meaningful, you can relate the tables to each other. And that's where relational comes from. And to do that, you would use references. And then to access that information, you use structured query language, which is SQL, to pull and select that information. And SQL is basically a syntax that you learn, which is a way of calling information from the database. So SQL on its own is possible to be used, but most frequently people are using relational database management systems, RDBMS, in order to do this. So an example of that is my SQL. PostgreSQL, MariaDB, etc. Those are all the interfaces that you're using in order to write SQL and access your data. So another option on the flip side of relational databases are non-relational databases, also called NoSQL databases, which is not only SQL. Uh, so some examples of that are MongoDB, Neo4j, which is like a graph database. MongoDB structures things in documents, which are kind of like a JSON object. So it's a little bit different than the tables that you're relating to each other and calling information from. And in those, the reason why you might use those alternatives is that the data or the structure of the data at least is a little bit more flexible. Whereas with using a relational database, it's very organized and kind of inflexible. So you determine what your types of data are going to be, and then you can't really deviate from that once you've defined it. But the reason that you would use a relational database over a non-relational database is because they are a very, very efficient way to store data without a lot of repetition, and you can also access it really easily using SQL. So now that we know what it is, how do you use them? So a database runs on a server and you use SQL to make requests of that server and then it responds with the information that you've requested. So at the very basic level, that is your basic CRUD commands. So create, read, update, delete. That's what CRUD is an acronym for. And so with create, you're either creating databases or tables within the databases or you can use an insert command to add new rows of data, add new information that you want to store. To read data, you can use a select statement. So select star from X table, and that will give you all of the information. It will allow you to see what information is stored in that table. 
For update, you can change the information that's already stored in the database. So some examples of that in the real world, let's say you have a user table and they want to update their email address. Or let's say you want to log activity to keep track of when people are using your application. You can keep track of their last login and that's going to need to update every time that they log in. And then same thing, if it's like a ratings system, anytime people want to change their ratings or a social network, change their connections with each other, unfriend people, friend people, like other people's things. All of these are kind of update ideas, update commands. And then finally, to delete things, it's removing information within those columns, within those fields. Or of course, you can delete tables altogether or the entire database. So then once you move beyond the basic CRUD commands, you can refine them further to find the most relevant information for what you are looking for. So where is an example of this? So you would say, select or read all of the information in this table where the last login was more than six months ago, for example. That would give you the ability to target your people who are inactive and then maybe offer them a special promotion or something like that. But where helps you narrow down the data so you're not just getting a data dump of everything, but you're able to see the information that's most relevant for what you want to do with it. Some other refiners are order by and limit. So that gives you the ability to order the information, you know, top to bottom from whatever you want, really. And then limit lets you say how many results you want to see. So let's say you want to find your top five most popular products on a shop website. Then you can do that by figuring out the sales of each one, ordering the information by that in a descending order so that your highest selling product is at the top and then it goes down from there. And then let's say you limit to five and then there you go, you've got your top five. Another way to aggregate data is with a group by command, and that allows you to tell a story about different groupings. So let's say you have a lot of information and you group it by state. I don't know if you've seen, there are these maps that come out every once in a while uh, about U.S. data and name popularity. So let's say you've got all of the data for the most you know, newly given names that year in all of the states across the U.S., you can group the popularity by states and find out these are the most popular names per state and then put that, overlay that over a map of the country. And there you go. You've got a fun little interactive thing that lots of people seem to want to share all the time. So there are lots of different ways that you can refine the data as you're pulling it out of the database. And those are some examples, but it goes on from there. And then what's really powerful about grouping this data, narrowing down your searches, is that you can get even more interesting information by joining tables together. So the basic structure is that you're going to have one type of information per table. So let's say you have just users in one table, and then let's use Instagram as an example. So then you'll have one table for just a person's photos. Then you'll have one table for just a person's connections, like who they're friends with. Then you might have a table for which photos they like. And these tables are all relating to each other. They're referencing the other items, but they're stored individually. And that makes it so that you don't have to have loads and loads of 
different information within one table. It just makes it a little bit less efficient to then go and query the information. So what gets really, really interesting is when you join those tables together, and there are methods of doing that, a join, an inner join, left join, right join, outer join, all of these things are different ways that you can group your information together, group your tables together, and basically tell a different story. So let's say, for example, you have a user table and you have a sales table. You can join those together and see who's bought what, and then, for example, display different products to what they've already bought on the site that they see when they, when they visit your application or your store online. So all of this, that's really a basic, basic overview of how you would use a relational database and how you can access the data within it. And it's really just an introduction to what I've learned. This is a full-time job for some people, so it clearly goes way, way deeper than I'm explaining here. But it's interesting and really cool to see how we can use it, because the bottom line is that you can store lots of information very efficiently, write queries to access the information, and really do that to tell helpful stories and get helpful information about how people are using your application or your product and it's useful not only for the display of what they see when they visit your application or visit your website, but you can also use that information for marketing to figure out how to target different audiences. You can use it for business development. Where should you, which direction should you take your business or, you know, what features are working, what's not working. Um, you can use it for advertising, et cetera, et cetera. So very, very useful, very, very practical. And so then the question is, how do you actually learn it if this is something that you're interested in? So if you're absolutely brand new to it, I can recommend the course that I did. I'm sure there are others out there that are just as good, but the one that I did is a Udemy course. It is taught by the same teacher who taught the online bootcamp that I reviewed in episode 29. And as I mentioned in that episode, I really appreciate his teaching style because he really takes the, the time to explain why we're doing different things and why and how we're doing the things that you need to learn. So one critique I have about the course is that it doesn't really go into any theory. So I feel like you should have some idea about how to actually design your database before you actually start writing the code to create the tables and create the database. But that's not included in this course. So if you really want to, you know, take it all the way, take a bunch of steps back and start at the beginning, I wouldn't recommend this course. I'd look for something else. But if you just want the basics of how to use it, how to write those queries, how to access the data, then it's great. And so I will put a link to that course in the show notes, but definitely do your own research and see what other options are out there. Now, as far as how to actually practice using it once you have some level of familiarity, that is something that I'm still looking for. So if you have any suggestions, please do visit the show notes where you can get a link directly to this episode. Leave a comment there on the Start Overcoded website because I'm genuinely interested in practicing this. Or, of course, you can tweet me at Start Overcoder or send me an email, startovercoder at gmail.com. But if you have any ideas, that would be great. But what I've come up with so far, first of all, is just building something, build an application that requires people to use it. You can obviously put it out there in public and have people interact with it. But then also there are ways to import fake data. So then you can use that and kind of see how things work with actual data being in your system and in your application. So that's one way just to build something and play around with it, see what you can do. And then another thing that I found, which is very helpful, is that there are lots of data sets and, and exercises out there for people to practice. So I'll put some links for those in the show notes as well. But 
Basically, they range from really accessible, simple exercises, kind of like the ones I was doing in this Udemy course, where you're saying, okay, you want to find all of your users who have spent over $500 in the last six months. Write a query to do that, which is great. You know, it's really helpful to think about how you would do that using SQL. But working with real data is also possible. So lots of universities, lots of governments around the world have open data, and you can just go to their website and download it and then figure out how you want to play around with it. So that's something I haven't done yet, but it's possible, and I will put some links for that in the show notes. And I would also say if this is something that you're going to practice practically, it might be best, you know, just to kind of dip your toes in the water if you start on a platform like Cloud9. So if you're unfamiliar with Cloud9, it is under the AWS landscape, and basically it's a cloud environment, so you can install your database server in this environment. You can install languages and package managers and work with Ruby, Node, Python, whatever. It's all there, but it's all on the web, so you don't necessarily have to do those giant installations on your own computer. And it is free. You have to, I think you have to put in a credit card to be able to use it, but they don't charge you for anything. And the reason why I say this is because installing a database on your machine can be really, really rough and painful. Um, I went through it when I was doing that group project that I did several months ago where we were building our app with Postgres and just getting it to run. I mean, the download is easy, but then there are all of these permission issues and things being blocked within your computer on how you access them. So, and it was a really big headache. So if you're just getting started, if you just want an introduction and want to play around with it, I would recommend trying it in the cloud first and then try a few different relational database management systems. So try Postgres, try MySQL, try SQLite, try any of them and then see which one you like the best and then install that on your computer if you decide that you're going to use it in real life. So there you have it. That's an introduction to relational databases. To wrap up this episode, if you would like to leave a comment, as I mentioned, you can visit the Start Overcoder website. There's a link directly to this episode in the show notes, and you can leave a comment there. Of course, you can always tweet me at startovercoder or email startovercoder at gmail.com. And I really do love hearing from people, so please don't hesitate. And if you like what you hear and want to stay with me on this journey of learning to code, starting a new career, and pursuing financial independence, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can do it through your favorite podcast app or visit startovercoder.com slash subscribe. That's all for this time. Signing off.